0: Did your heart just beat? Okay, then praise God. Join us in prayer and fellowship in the name of Jesus. We would love to pray with you and for you in faith. God is an amazing God. His word lasts forever, and I believe you will be blessed as we all fellowship in the name of Jesus Christ. Hi, I pray this message is received well um, because it's been on my spirit for a reason and I'm blessed to share it okay so God has invested in us believers and he's expecting a return on his investment he is and we better take it seriously because if we don't turn a profit we're risking eternal life and yes it is that serious and our eternal salvation is a lot more high maintenance than we act like See, God invested in us or bought like ownership into us when it just wasn't looking good for us. Now, like in the physical modern world, now we would call that what looks like a horrible investment or like a bad stock. See, the Dow Jones wouldn't even track us (laughs) before Jesus. We had the equivalent of a stock value of like .0001 or something. Okay, so we got to remember this. In Romans 5, 8, it reminds us that God shows his great love to us while we were still sinners still sinners who wants to put their all into something that's basically dead weight we weren't doing anything good for god the bible says people may die for a righteous person maybe but it's a little absurd to even consider giving your life for people not even concerned with you people choosing to turn away from you so yes without christ we were basically like like a bad investment Like if God had a stockbroker, the the stockbroker would aggressively advise God not to do it because we, we just weren't looking good, really. Enjoying sin, not yielding good fruit, rebellious, unstable, not giving a care about eternal life yet. God so much loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that we could still have a chance. And he gave his all. He didn't just put a little bit into us. Not a little investment. No, 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 no. He wanted full ownership of us. So much so that he wanted to be the sole investor in us sinners. Sinners with the expectation for us to accept this. And to have our worth and value increased by accepting Jesus Christ. But now, now that we have, he needs his return. He needs to see something from us. He needs the dividends. And I can't stress enough that God is not playing games with us. Do we think? That him justifying us sinners was just for nothing? Again, we were acting like fools. Praising created things, not the creator. Engaging in all types of immoral behavior. Yet, God still, regardless of it all, while we were sinners, wanted to invest in us. His love. He saw something in us that he knew could be profitable to him, to his heavenly kingdom, to save us. So what did he do? He gave us a savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so now we have value. We're not just a plummeting stock of people that's depreciating by the second. Not now. That's not how it's supposed to be, at least. See, that deposit into us immediately took us from like a penny stock to like, I don't know, like Amazon level or something. I mean, Jesus brought our value all the way up. Now we are a high commodity. We're out of bagel land. And listen, I don't know a lot about stock language and stuff like that, but I know you don't want to be in bagel land, whatever that means. <laughs> God has put into us a lot of like currency in the form of grace, in the form of mercy, in the form of forgiveness, in the form of love, hence his son. See, like I, I have testimonies. We all have testimonies. I was in a car accident in 2011 that could have took my life here on earth. But, you know, I still believed in God, yes but I wasn't really concerned about him during that time. I took what he expected of me. I took that lightly. I didn't consider the things that I've been graced enough to consider now, but God still wanted to own every part of me, every share of me, me and you. So he invested his grace upon us. And now that he has, and we've accepted our savior, he needs a return on that investment. He needs profit. It's just that simple. We believers have some serious work to do. We have to continue to do this work. See, Jesus told a uh, story to his disciples um, quite a few times about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so um, I'm talking about what God expects from us as far as like profit or return because Jesus did that. Um, and this particular story Jesus told was about a man who was going on a long he was going on a long trip and before he left he called his servants to him because he wanted to have him them like oversee his money while he was away so for anyone not familiar with this story it starts um at matthew 25 14 but i'll just do a, a summary um of it for now so the man wanted his servants while he was away to make him happy and handle his money with care and multiply it and so He gave one servant five bags of silver. He gave another servant two bags of silver. And another servant, he gave one. See, he based the quantity that he entrusted each of them with based on their abilities. He knew them. They worked for him. He saw what each one was capable of doing. Um, He knew their habits, their ways, um, what they could do. He taught them. He, He knew what he was doing. So he goes on this long trip. And while he was away, the servant with five coins went and made some investments. He 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 knew what to do, some trades. He made some strategic, like, you know, hustle moves, flipped it and earned five more coins. Likewise, for the servant number two with, with, with two coins. He was on the grind too. So he flipped that two and he had a total of four. Okay? And it was a done deal. Profit right there. They was out there making it happen. But then came to servant number three, and he had a different approach. (laughs) That servant was entrusted with one coin and decided to dig a hole and bury the coin because he wanted to hide it. So anyway, when the master finally returned from his long trip, he called each one of them to account for what they had done with his money while he was gone. And the first servant said, you trusted me with five, and I flipped it. And I got you five more. See, I made you a prophet, okay? The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over, you know, just a few things. So now I'll allow you to rule. Think about that, to rule over many things. And he told him, enter into the joy of the Lord, share in my joy. This is good and pleasing and truly a cause for celebration to be grateful. Um, He made a great, a great increase. And the same went for servant number two, who was entrusted with two coins. He told the master that he got him two more coins, a wonderful return. And the master was pleased and told him the exact same thing he told servant number one. But then we come to servant number three, okay? <laughs> and servant number three just wasn't about that, like, you heard say, like making a dollar out of 15 cents. He wasn't about that life. No, no, no. See, turning a profit uh with what he was entrusted to it should have been a piece of cake really totally doable not impossible for him because again the master customized if you will uh each service portion uh to be able to be increased without any problems because it was based purposely on their abilities to do it he knew they could yet and still the servant told him that he hid the coin because he knew that his master was tough and demanding and rash and he said you reaped where you didn't sow and gathered where you didn't uh cultivate or prepare um and listen closely here he said I was afraid he said I was afraid so I hid it afraid meaning fear had deceived him to doubt what the master trusted him with and expected from him see fear made him act and nonsense foolishness um lazy so much so that he forfeited his reward the master said no no lame excuses basically you're just lazy you're lazy and you're wicked because you could have at least at least put my money in a bank and it would have got some interest and I would have had some type of profit but instead he didn't have anything for what he had entrusted his servant with um He didn't enter the joy with the other servants, it could have been a celebration, the same celebration, actually, as his fellow servants who had even more than he had to work with. They knew and completed the, you know, assignment and now they were entrusted with even more responsibilities to rule over more things. But instead, that servant was idle, not turning profit, not gaining anything. And the master had that one coin taken from that servant and given to the servant who produced the most profit. He said that, listen, this is what was said. Those who use what they are given well, then even more will be added to them. Entrusted to them, even in abundance. But anyone who does nothing will have even what very little they do have taken away from them. So the master had him cast into the outer darkness, which is hell. Now, again, listen to this. This is an illustration of how the kingdom of heaven is. This is Jesus himself giving us this illustration. And Jesus is letting us know that having being blessed with the opportunity, the grace really, to have faith in Christ. It's like it's like that's like an investment that God made in us. Now we're powerful, now we're valuable, but before we weren't valuable at all and God still wanted to love us, invest in us and trust us and offer his son. We didn't look good. We really didn't. We didn't look promising. We didn't look like we could be profitable. We didn't look like a good investment, yet God did it anyway. He put in us what we need to see in ourselves. And now it's time to give God a return on his investment now it's time to just let all our excuses go it doesn't matter what your grandma did it doesn't matter what your mom did it doesn't matter what your father did what your pastor did what your friends are doing no that's their portion that's their portion that God entrusted them with you can't go before God talking about somebody else's assignment What did you do with what God knew you could profit for him? What did you do though? Because once you accepted Christ, you gained the ability to multiply, you gained the ability to increase, to profit, to heal, to direct, to uplift, to move in ways that are unearthly. Because we have a divine work inside of us. God even gave each of us a certain portion of faith to get these things done. And with that, we are supposed to do what it says do in and, um, and First Peter. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, we now live with great expectation. God is expecting us to do big things now. We have an inheritance to get to. See, servant number one and servant number two, they received an inheritance. Servant number three, even with the ability to multiply and give return a profit, he let fear and lack of, of wisdom have him separated from God. So believers. Believers, we have to ask ourselves, how are we increasing for God? If we are so much of good stock now, give God the return on his investment and get to work. God did not invest in us all. He didn't give us his son and every fruit of the spirit just for us to like sit back and not go make disciples of all nations not to share the gospel. As Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, each of us are valued and expected to give God a return. We have to give him a return on his investment by doing his will here on earth to represent and grow the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's our responsibility to ensure that every single mansion in our father's house is occupied. And remember, there's many mansions. Jesus let us know that in John 14 too. And that if he said, if it weren't true, then I wouldn't have told you or prepared it for you. But he did. He did prepare it. He did tell us. So we have to move differently on this earth. It's not the time for a meek and idle mindset. No, we got to be useful. We got to be profitable to God, to his kingdom in order to receive his joy and the celebration that is eternal life with him. We got to get this before it's too late and it's not good enough to just say i'm good my faith is intact so i'm good really well like the bible says show that by your good works that your faith is intact and turn a prophet for god i'm gonna say this again okay your people that's not you your grandmother is not you your pastor is not you your spouse is not you your children there's that's not you what did you have to show what do you have to show when god calls to see what you have done with what he specifically specifically entrusted you with and we have to be honest with ourselves do we assume we have forever because we don't god is patient with us for our own sake he's patient with us for our own sake but remember in the story that jesus told all of those servants didn't know When the master was coming back to examine how they handled what was given to them. Okay, too much um, is given much is expected. They didn't know exactly when they were going to be expected to show what they had profited the master. So that's why it's so important that we get this immediately. Because God is continuously pouring into us. He's expecting us to um, to get it and to give him much back. We are his children. We say we believe him for all things. We know his word. word. We trust his promises, right? Those are investments he puts in us. That faith in us because he expects for us to do his work and to bear fruit and produce 30, 60, 100 fold. We got to get to work. It is written that the kingdom of heaven is not about words, but about action. That's written. So don't play about God's son and what he expects from us. God doesn't even play about that. Don't. Don't get it twisted. He takes his son very seriously. And when we accept Jesus, he has high expectations from us. So please let this be an urgent, an urgent encouragement and reminder to all of us, all of us, to know that the kingdom of heaven is near. So, what do we have to show for what God has left us with? So, my prayer is for discernment for us all. And I hope that this message is well received. Amen.